0: Broadcasting from London, Ontario, Canada to the rest of the world, it's Ask the Top. Thank you very much for tuning in to the latest episode of Ask the Top. As always, I greatly appreciate your ongoing support. And on this edition of the program, SummerSlam 2019. Particularly good news if you're from my neck of the woods, Ontario, Canada. Highlights from the week. Becky's supposed heel turn in a full preview and predictions for All In. Speaking of All In, StarCast is currently taking place. If you don't know what that's all about... Basically, it's festivities all weekend. Autograph signings, live podcasts. You even have the roast of Bruce Pritchard, a death of WCW panel. Purchase the full weekend pass, especially if you're a wrestling fan. Absorb it and enjoy. And, of course, the main event, the creme de la creme, this coming Saturday. It is All In, reminiscent of a pro wrestling event that would air on TBS Superstation on a Saturday at 6.05. I dig it. I love the fact it's on a Saturday on this upcoming Labor Day weekend. So check it out. I'm all in and you should be too. And I promise you, they're not sponsoring the show even though I wish they were because I've given them such great promotion. Again, fight.tv. For new episodes of the show, subscribe to me on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Chris Black. Soon enough, christoplack.com will be back with a revamped look. It required a much-needed facelift. It's received that. Looks great. You can check that out probably by the weekend. TheReactionRoom.com. And the show is now available on iHeartRadio. That's a big platform along with podcast apps such as Overcast and iTunes as well. Slowly taking over. If you want to interact with me on social media, I'm easy to find. Ask the Top is my Facebook fan page. At Chris Topluck on Twitter. At Chris Toplock on Instagram. Even though it pretty much has nothing to do with wrestling. But you can actually see what I eat, where I go, and what I drink. At Chris Toplock on Google Plus as well. I have a couple things off the hop that I want to mention. The first is that I am going to be in Orlando the week of October the 15th. Now, this is noteworthy because that means I'm going to be attending the NXT tapings live and in person at Full Sail University on October the 17th. So that means that I will try to take photos, take video, and report my live experience at the NXT tapings. I cannot believe it. I can barely contain my excitement. I'm going to be at Universal Studio and Disney, but that will be undoubtedly the highlight of my trip. So I can't wait for October to get here also perhaps i'll leave it to the end of the show but let's just do it now why not i'm not gonna leave you waiting happy to announce a new weekly that's right weekly show will be taking place very soon now i do have some sad news it's very likely going to replace as the top i may incorporate And ask the top segment into the show. But the name of it will be the Signature Spot Podcast. The logo has been designed. It looks fantastic. Big kudos to my good friend Jeff Lincoln for designing that. He did a phenomenal job. He has decades worth of experience in the industry. He's one of the best that I know. So what is the show going to be about? Of course, news and rumors. I'm going to focus more on highlights from the week, particularly on each show. We're going to cover even more in the world of pro wrestling, and focus more on topics, including some roundtable discussions with guests on the program. So the signature spot will be the place on a weekly basis for you to get your wrestling fix. Wow, that's a lot to take in. So that should be happening probably within about the next month. Not to shock you. We'll ask the top, stick around. I'm not entirely sure. As I mentioned, I might absorb it into the signature spot. I'm really excited about it. And on a weekly basis, too. So if you love this show, you're going to get even more of me and the content on a weekly basis. It's going to be produced, developed, and, of course, voiced, duh, by me. Full creative control. No Russo involved in this one. No beer today. Had dinner with some good friends. Put back a few pints. Drank some water and I'm doing the same thing. here. some refreshing tap water. It's fine. Chug down your fluoride. Industry news and rumors. SummerSlam in the Great White North. I mentioned it off the hop. It was first reported by ET Canada that SummerSlam 2019 will take place in Toronto, Ontario. That is the first big pay-per-view back since Survivor Series 2019. 16 NXT TakeOver Toronto also took place. I attended that one. Awesome show. So here's the rundown. Saturday, August the 10th. Got excited for a second. NXT TakeOver. Sunday, August the 11th, SummerSlam. Then on Monday, you have Monday Night Raw and also August the 13th, SmackDown Live, all taking place at Scotiabank Arena, formerly known as the Air Canada Center. SummerSlam Access Fan Festival will also be taking place. That will be at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. So you have a full weekend of SummerSlam and events related to it. Of course, NXT TakeOver, the highlight of any weekend that is featured on. Can't wait. You know I'm getting tickets. I've been asked repeatedly, Chris, when are they going on sale? I believe by about March or April at the latest, we will see them on sale. Plenty of big matches announced this past week, including AJ Styles, versus Samoa Joe at Hell in a Cell. For the Universal Championship at Hell in a Cell is Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Also for the Raw Women's Championship it's Rowdy Ronda Rousey taking on Alexa Bliss who has invoked her rematch clause, Protect Your Arm! Little Miss Bliss at Hell in a Cell. Ronda Rousey Speaking of her, we'll team up with the Bella Twins. What an odd pairing. Versus the Riot Squad at Super Showdown, taking place in Melbourne, Australia. Here's an early prediction The Bella Twins will either turn on Ronda Rossi during the match or following their victory. Reunited, and it feels so good, as The Shield versus Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre at Super Showdown. And of course, that card is presumably headlined by The Undertaker in Triple H for one final time. So they bill it as. Is Chris Jericho as valuable as Brock Lesnar? According to him, yes. But you decide. You agree or disagree with that. While appearing on Wrestling Observer Radio, that's exactly what he claimed. Well, who's to say that I'm not as valuable as Brock Lesnar is in 2018 in wrestling? I mean, Brock's matches aren't exactly five-star classics. You know what he's doing when he gets in there. He just does his thing, and that's it. So more or less, his point was he's a free agent, And a lot of wrestling companies are dying for top-level guys, and there aren't a lot of guys with the long-term name value and goodwill with wrestling fans on a worldwide basis than Chris Jericho has. Very valid point. But to compare him on Brock Lesnar's level, I have to disagree, and I'll tell you why. Brock Lesnar is a needle mover, especially, insert your joke there about steroids, but no, that's not what I mean. When it comes to the UFC... He generates a ton of revenue, a ton of attention, and plenty of pay-per-view buys. He might not be doing that so much in the WWE, but man, in the UFC, he is a hot commodity. The second he returns to the UFC, I guarantee, north of a million pay-per-view buys. That is big business. So from that perspective, Brock Lesnar is a bigger star. But when it comes to wrestling, Chris Jericho has to rank near the very top. Cole Cabana finally addressed... The CM Punk lawsuit on the recent episode of his Art of Wrestling podcast. Here's what he had to say when addressing the lawsuit against CM Punk. All I want is for this thing to be settled. I don't have anything to say about it. I'm going to try not to say anything about this until after everything unfolds, I guess. So really, he said not much. But according to the Chicago Sun-Times, Cabana claims CM Punk wrote in a text message that he would be 100% covered And Punk basically did not deliver on that promise. Now their unpaid legal bills total $513,736. However, Punk has asked Cabana to pay for his half of those fees and said, you were on your own. So now Colt Cabana is asking for $200,000 in general damages, plus an extra million dollars as well, too. Doubt he's going to get that million, but at least the 200000 will likely get paid, especially if it's in writing. In terms of highlights from the week, from Raw, Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens for the Intercontinental Championship. That was a pay-per-view worthy match with some incredibly exciting near falls. In fact, following the loss, Kevin Owens has officially quit the WWE. What's going on there? What's the storyline? Who knows for sure? I was actually just reading an article today that basically there might be Paul Heyman bringing him back, but then also you have others that are saying there's no validity with that whatsoever. So it's very interesting. I loved the verbal exchange between Trish Stratus and Elias. Both can hold their own. Quick-witted. On the mark. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Now I mixed on the conclusion of Raw. Braun Strowman turning heel just seems silly with all the momentum currently on his side. The timing is just odd. But of course, many will speculate it's just you know further proof that Vince McMahon wants to get Roman over. We don't know that for sure. From SmackDown, Daniel Bryan versus Andrade Cien Almes accomplished a number of things in one evening. It produced Daniel's best match since returning from retirement. Name a better one. That was it. And yet another star-making performance from Ole who continues to impress fans, critics, and the upper brass in the U.F. Oh, sorry, in the WWE. What am I talking about? And also, it makes us look forward to the rematch. It will be inevitable, and it should take place, because it had that finish with The Miz interfering. Also, Carmella versus Charlotte, I believe their best match to date. Bonus points for Becky jumping Charlotte from behind, grabbing a microphone, and stating when she gets her way, come hell and a cell, she's taking her title back and then said, you bitch. And speaking of Becky Lynch, I received plenty of questions centered around her this past week, including one from Mike Leochi via Facebook. With fans not wanting to boo Becky Lynch, will WWE try to keep Lynch as a heel, or will they cave and turn her back as a face, and turn Charlotte heel. Ben Gibson via Google also asked, was Becky Lynch turning heel a good idea? Quite frankly, no. It's very reminiscent of when WCW attempted to turn Sting heel in 1999. That was with the bat and Hulk Hogan. The crowd simply wouldn't accept it, and they cheered him anyway. Becky falls directly into that same category. At this point, it would have made much more sense to turn Charlotte heel again. She's easily dislikable, and that's due to the fact that she is so naturally talented, and she's much less believable as a baby face. So it's not even so much that they're going to cave, it just didn't work. So she should play the face. And I do believe that attempting to turn her heel was a bad idea because the fans rejected it, and we knew that was going to happen. Writing was on the wall. Chris Craig via Twitter. What are the chances of a Von Erich making the big time? Guessing since most of them have passed away. Slim to none. Lacey Von Erich was a flop in TNA wrestling. She was very clunky, not extremely coordinated, just didn't work out. And she retired from active competition back in 2010. Now, the only two other family members actively competing are Ross and Marshall Von Erich. Kevin Von Erich is their father. And quite frankly, neither of them have accomplished anything noteworthy. So I believe slim to none. Perhaps they will reproduce, and then in maybe 30 years, will be a different question, be a different story. Edward, via Facebook, will the WWE ever introduce quality intergender matches, even if it's just in NXT? It's highly doubtful. Given the fact that the WWE is a publicly traded company, That also heavily depends on their advertising revenue. It's not the image they want on their shows. So it's not going to happen, not even in NXT. Sean Bates, via Facebook, angle on vacation. He puts that in quotes, to get in shape for a return to the ring, maybe full time. Who does he face? Baron Corbin, Jason Jordan. Do we want or need this? Will it ruin his legacy? Frankly, time will tell. I would prefer to see Kurt Angle receive one final WrestleMania match and then promptly retire. At 49 years old, with decades worth of road miles on that banged up body, I'm genuinely concerned for his safety. I don't know about you, but I certainly am. We want it, but we don't need it. Remember, there are two tragedies in life. One is not getting what you want, and the other is getting it. With Jordan out with an injury... That could very well be career-ending as well. The only logical feud is Baron Corbin, and if Kurt Angle returns to in-ring competition, he deserves someone else he can pass the torch to, not Baron Corbin. Seth Rollins would be great or somebody else, but again, Kurt Angle would have to return as a heel. That doesn't make much sense. Regarding his legacy, it's safe to say that even if his return flops, it still remains intact. Michael Jordan returned to the Wizards, and while those two seasons were solid... They were far from the great MJ that we were used to seeing in the past. And yet, Michael Jordan still remains the greatest of all time. I think it's a fair comparison. Sir William White via Twitter Do you think Tommaso Ciampa versus Gargano is the WWE counterpart to New Japan Pro Wrestling's Omega versus Okada? Yes and no. Both feuds have produced high quality matches, but there is one major difference. Omega versus Okada has produced better matches. Ciampa versus Gargano produced a better story. Jason Medina via Google Plus, do you think there should be a men's or women's elimination chamber for WrestleMania for the WWE Universal Championship or Raw Women's Championship? I say leave it to the elimination chamber themed pay-per-view. I'm not a big fan of gimmick matches, as they are, especially at WrestleMania, less is more, less is better. Plus, could you imagine that structure hanging above the ring all night in front of 70 to 80,000 fans? It's not a great visual. It would definitely impede you know, the vision of fans watching the matches. It just wouldn't make much sense. City Chick via Twitter. I have a question for you. Do wrestlers have assistants? And do those assistants handle the wrestlers' social media accounts? I asked you this because I found three WWE Superstar accounts that don't have the blue verified tick. First of all, I'm curious to know who they are. But to my knowledge, the WWE has a social media policy in place for talents to sign And basically what happens is that the WWE also has access to their accounts. Now, that being said, the talent is usually uh, responsible for their own content. And then the WWE monitors all of it very closely. I can speak to this even further because I worked for a software company where it was a social media intelligence tool. It was actually used to basically audit people's accounts as well, too, all public, by the way. The reason for those wrestlers not having Twitter verification ticks could be for a number of reasons. I doubt is the fact that It's not actually them. It's just probably the fact that Twitter hasn't gotten around to it or they haven't requested it. Predictions. All In takes place this coming Saturday, September the 1st from the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. In many ways, this is independent wrestling's version of WrestleMania. All In marks the first non-WWE or WCW-promoted professional wrestling event in the United States to sell 10,000 tickets or more in nearly 25 years that is simply remarkable even more impressive they accomplished this feat in less than 30 minutes one has to imagine that if this proves to be a success it could potentially become an annual event finally viable wrestling options in 2018 not just for the fans but for the wrestlers for the ones that feel like they never made it because they're not in the WWE, they're not on the grandest stage of them all, this is still one hell of a stage to compete on. To order the event, stop by fight.tv. That is is f-i-t-e.tv. All In Zero Hour will act as their kickoff show, and that will air nationally on WGN America. Zero Hour will feature two matches. They have the over-the-budget Battle Royal. 15 names in total with... A handful unannounced confirmed entrants so far. You have Jordine Grace, Moose from Impact Wrestling, and recently competed for the Impact World Championship in Toronto against Austin Aries. You have Rocky Romaro, Cole Cabana, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, I'm an nice ass man, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Jacobs, Marco Stunt, Brandon Cutler, and Punishment Martinez. Here's my prediction. One of the unannounced names is going to win. It's going to be Neville, a.k.a. Pac, who, by the way, is no longer a part of the WWE roster. If you look, he's now an alumni. He's on the alumni page. Or Flip Gordon. Get him booked. And remember, the winner of this match will go on to face Jay Lethal for the RH World Championship later on in the program. You have the Briscoe Brothers taking on the SoCal Uncensored. That's Frankie Kazarian. Scorpio Sky. There's no Christopher Daniels. He's competing in another match on the card, which we will get to. My prediction is the Briscoe brothers will get their arms raised. On the main card, it's Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. Arrows. Stephen Amell has been rigorously training for this opportunity with Cody Rose. There's plenty of videos and photos online. He's taking this very seriously. And during his appearance in the WWE, he surprised a lot of fans and critics and now has the potential to do it again with arguably the greatest independent wrestler of all time. I've said it for the past decade. I stand by it. There's nobody better than Christopher Daniels for this amount of time. The man has been competing on the indies for like 20 years. He's amazing, ultra-reliable. Speaking of which, with Daniels being so reliable and being a veteran and an in-ring general, Steven is in damn good hands. But my prediction is that Steven Amell wins. If they want to maximize exposure... Here's their opportunity to make some headlines. Madison Rain versus Britt Banker versus Chelsea Green versus Tessa Blanchard. The one lone women's match on the card. I believe it's going to be Tessa Blanchard getting her arm raised. Joey Janela versus Hangman Page representing the Bullet Club. Janela is quickly becoming one of the more well-known independent stars in the world, making a real name for himself in Evolve, while Hangman Page is one of the most improved wrestlers Over the past year. And I'm going to go with Hangman Page. Even though I believe the Joey Janela winning makes more sense. For the victory. Wow, this is going to be madness. Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito versus the Golden Elite. That's made up of Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kota Ibushi. All you need to do is look at this match on paper and it sells itself. What can you expect? Again, absolute Insanity. It's going to be so many spots in this match, you're not going to be able to keep up with it. It's also worth noting this is one of Rey Mysterio's final appearances, if not his final one, prior to heading back to the WWE. My prediction, the Golden Elite will win, and this will also be a top contender for match of the night. For the ROH World title, it is Jay Lethal versus the winner of the Over Budget Battle Royal. Given the tease on the most recent episode of Being the Elite, or one of the most recent episodes, I believe Jay Lethal will return to the black machismo gimmick for one night only. This, of course, was his tribute. Ooh, yeah. of me and Randy Savage, you know? Yep. Dig it? hmm That's his tribute to Randy Savage. He does a way better impersonation than I can ever do, and he played it to a T in TNA. I think he's going to bring it back. And I believe that he retains the ROH World Championship. I can't imagine he loses the ROH world title on a non-ROH show, but stranger things have happened. You have Okada versus Marty Scurll. Ooh, it's a good match. Damn good match. This match actually has the potential to be the sleeper of the show and may end up being match of the night. So you can expect some elements of comedy along with some highly technical wrestling to balance it out. I believe Okada It's going to win. Kenny Omega versus Pentagon. There's simply no way. The New Japan Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion loses at All In. But that doesn't mean we're not in store for yet another instant classic. A motivated Pentagon is easily one of the most exciting stars on the planet today. He's tearing it up in Impact Wrestling. And Kenny Omega, basically more than virtually anybody on the planet, can push him to his limit. Kenny Omega is arguably the best on the planet today. But my prediction is that Kenny Omega wins as he is the new Japan world champion. And he's not going to lose. For the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, Nick Aldis versus Cody. If you've been watching the 10 pounds of gold series on YouTube, this match has an excellent story and build behind it. If you told me five years ago that Magnus would make the NWA World Heavyweight Championship relevant again, I would have deemed you to be crazy. But quite frankly, he has. And it would be a shame to see it end. But that being said, here's where the story kicks in. Ever since Cody Rhodes left the WWE, he created a list of all the individuals he wanted to wrestle. And he's been on a mission to not only prove himself to be one of the best wrestlers in the world, but also one of the most successful wrestlers too. The NWA World Heavyweight Championship has the lineage and prestige behind it to make that dream become a reality. Pun absolutely intended. The image of him holding up that 10 pounds of gold while paying homage to Dusty, would be highly emotional, too. It's all in a nice little bow. But that being said, I believe Nick Aldis will retain the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Now, if Cody wins, by the way, which I would love to see. I'm a huge Cody Rhodes fan, and I have been since he was in the WWE. And I should note that because when it was legacy brought together, many were saying, ah, it's Ted DiBiase. He's the guy. I thought, no, it's Cody. Give him a shot. He's got something in him. And look at him proving himself. If he wins, he needs to commit to quite a rigorous schedule, which he could do. He loves to keep busy, but I'm going with Nick this. So that will do it for my predictions for All In. Again, if you want to order the event, stop by Fight.tv, that is F-I-T-E.tv, and order it today. I'm going to do it. Perhaps I'm going to live tweet during the show. I'm going to have my laptop here. I'll be watching it upstairs in my office. I can now wait and that will do it for yet another episode of ask the top as i said breaking news in the future a new show the signature spot and it's going to be a weekly show so you can look forward to that in the very near future follow me on social media for more updates and until the next time we do this happy trails to you until we meet again